Welcome and thank you for downloading the Trinity Now podcast, recorded live from Trinity Church of Weston Chapel. For more information about Trinity Church, please visit us online at trinitychurchnow.com. Now, let's join Pastor Dave. You know, every year um, I, I do, I enjoy a time when, uh, when Dennis can come and, and speak here. Um, the Gideons. You know, one of the things that, that strikes me about the Gideons are, are the stories that, that they tell. You know, there's, there's a lot of times when, when uh, you watch pastors, uh, speakers on TV and everything, they give you, it's all sometimes little clever quips that, that they give you about different things here and there, a story, a joke, a laugh, whatever. But, you know, it never ceases to amaze me every year that the things and the, the stories that, that Dennis tells, man, these things are true. And, and, you know, the thing is, is that it's God's word that is making a difference. You know, I, I know I bark on that all the time, why we need to be in the word of God and we need to, need to study his word because it really makes a difference. And, and, and the Gideons, they hand it out. They give it out. They do just awesome things. I asked Dennis um, before, uh, a little while ago here, Dennis, how how many years have you been in the Gideons? Um, And he said something about Gideon was about yay high somewhere. (laughs) All right. Um, Actually, he doesn't know. 40 plus years um, that that he and Katie have been, been involved in the Gideons. And so um, I'm going to hush up and introduce to you uh, Dennis Shuey. Dennis? I know I don't look that old. <laughs> I have a job for you folks. It's a job that doesn't create cause a, or require a lot of energy, but what it does require is for you to sit in a hotel room for seven days a week, 24 hours a day, and be there for six months. And while you're there, be willing to share Christ's love with over over those 3,000 plus people who come into that room. Now, if you had that job, you probably would have had the opportunity to meet uh, Mike Nicholas. Now, Mike came from a broken home, and he lived with many different people, and he was forced to go to church. But it didn't help him because he was on drugs and other things at a very early age, and he got married at age 17 and had continued to have problems with drugs and uh, kept him away from the church. Now, during that time, he would verbally and physically abuse his wife and children for over 23 years. Finally, she had it in October 2012. She said, get out. Don't come back. She kicked him out of the house. Well, he went to a hotel. When he was there, he opened up the drawer and he found a Bible similar to this. He began to read it. And as he stayed there for six days, he said, just with God, and with him all day and night. 
He finally asked God to forgive him, and he cried not to lose his family, and he would serve him for the rest of his life. Well, he had the opportunity to return home and share with his wife, and his family forgave him. He's now attending a church, and all the family received Jesus as their Lord. Now, you don't want that job? I have another one for you. This one isn't quite as demanding. You can stay in a hospital room for seven days a week, 24 hours a day, but you just sit next to the bed there until someone takes you home with them. Now, there was a lady who was in that uh, hospital room, and she was suicidal, and she was uh, sent to the hospital because of being suicidal. She hadn't slept for days, and they locked her in the room. And she was given IVs so she could sleep. When she woke up, she prayed that, that things would be different. Well, when she woke up in that room, she found a testament on the nightstand. She began to read, but she didn't understand what she was reading. But she took that testament home with her. And a friend invited her to a woman's Bible study, and she said that the answers she'd been searching for were found in the Holy Bible at that time. And she thanked the Gideons for planting the seed of truth to grow her faith, because if she wouldn't have had that testament to ask questions about, she would not have come to God. Well, you might not like that job. I have a third job for you. Now, you could go to a corrections facility. Now, you would be there for the inmates and where you can talk with them and, and they can ask you questions about Jesus. And you can speak with a single inmate or with many inmates. Now, there were five men in a holding area, but there was only one New Testament there. And they started to read the verses among themselves uh, with each other and then discuss the scriptures. Now, they had a seed planted in their mind, but when they left the holding area, they left that testament there so others could pick it up in line. You don't like any of those jobs? Well, you could follow the police or the firemen or the EMTs around. You could sit in a doctor's or a dentist's office or a lawyer's office if you wanted to. But you know, you don't personally have to do these jobs. The Gideons have the opportunity to place God's word in all these places along with colleges, military, schools, students, police, emergency personnel, and nursing homes, and personally sharing God's word themselves with others. Our auxiliary has the opportunity to be able to distribute scriptures to medical staff in doctor's offices and hospitals, and now they're in veterinary uh, offices too because, you know, many people have a deep love for their pet and they need comforting, and so we put place God's word there to find they can get comforting from that. Now, the Gideons are blessed, and the auxiliary are blessed, to be able to distribute God's word in 200 countries and in over 90 different languages. Now, they hope this year, we hope at, the, at least by our international convention in uh, San Jose, California in July, that we'll have distributed two billionth scripture. Now that means in a little over a hundred years from 1911 they first started to place scriptures 
in hotel rooms that they'll have placed two billion scriptures throughout the world. Now, I do have some jobs that you can do. You don't have to be in all those places yourself. First job I always ask the congregation to do and the people of the congregation is to pray. Prayer is an important part of the Gideon ministry. And we want you to pray for the Gideons. You know, we're in 200 different countries, and many of those countries are uh, Islamic countries. And those Gideons are in danger because they're Christians. They could be uh, killed. They could be imprisoned. There's also Gideons who have to go up into the mountains, uh, walking, carrying their, their scriptures to get to the people in the schools. We pray for those people that they have the strength and the willpower and and uh, the fortitude to be able to continue to share God's word. And pray for the scriptures themselves because when the scriptures go out, the Gideons feel that the scriptures not only go out, but the Holy Spirit goes with it. We as Gideons, we only put the scripture in the place of, in the hands of people. God does the work. God's the one that touches their hearts when they open up that scripture. His spirit brings them to the loving grace. And we want to pray for more open doors. Uh, some of you, many of you probably at one time or other received a little red testament when you were in fifth or sixth grade in your school. We can't do that too much anymore. We don't have that opportunity to get into the schools. And there are other places that are going. You hear times that the military has cut back on allowing Gideons to be able to share their uh, word. There are many different places, but we have open doors. Uh, we had one opportunity. Doors have been closed, but through prayer, doors have been opened. We can get into the schools now. We can't ourselves get into the schools, but we have a program called Lifebook Program, which we share with uh, youth pastors who share with the youth. Law has said that the, the youth can go in and they can share their testimony with their peers. So we give them this little life book that has the, the uh, John in it and has some other suggestions and has a lot of little notes in it that students have made. And we, we give these to the schools or to the uh, youth pastors free. They're given out so that they can do it. We have several churches in our area. I just talked with a youth pastor the other day up at Myrtle Lake Baptist Church who They've, they give these out, and he said the youth are very excited about it. So we do have this, but this is done through prayer. The Lord has said, you know, you can't get into the schools the way you're supposed to. I'll find you another way, and through prayer, he showed him the life book program. Another place to pray for is mainland China. We cannot, as Gideons, get into mainland China, but last year the Gideons placed, I think, over six million script Bibles in mainland China. The way they do it is they're allowed to take the Bibles in, give them to Christians that are in churches that are approved by the Chinese government, and the, those Christians can then distribute and give them to other Christians. We can't do it as Gideons. In fact, I think they probably, I think if I remember, they take the Gideon emblem off because of the Bible, because it's it's not. But we have a step in there. 1.3 billion people are in China. 
Can you imagine what that's like if we open up those doors to get the word to them? Christian uh, uh, is growing. Christianity is growing tremendously in China, and we want to be able to be a part of that and get God's word in for them. Now, another way that you can, you can have a job. If you happen to be a business or a professional or a, uh, someone, in, a man who's in supervisory capacity, or if you were an E5 in the service, you can become a Gideon. You can have the opportunity to share God's word with others. Uh, you can visit pastors. And if you want to, you can take my place up here and speak. But you can do any of those things to see that God's word gets in the hands of those uh, that don't have it and don't know the Lord. If you're not eligible, you can become, we started a program called the Friends of the Gideons, in which you can help win others to Christ by becoming a friend. There are two different levels of this. The first level, by going to the Gideons, you can sign up and be a prayer partner. And as a prayer partner, they'll, they'll give you information of what to pray for. And you can do that. There's no cost to it. The other one, other aspect of it is you become a financially uh, supportive. For $120 a year or $10 a month, you can become a, a uh, friend of the Gideons. They'll provide you with uh, some testaments like this that you can distribute, and you'll have the opportunity to purchase other testaments to be able to give out yourself, uh, not as a Gideon, but as a Christian and sharing God's word. So, if you have any, inf- if you want information about that, I have information available for you after the service. The other way is what we call the Gideon Card Program. You have a display out in the narthex of three different kinds of cards. One's an in recognition card, one's in memory, and one's thinking of you. Uh, these cards will provide scriptures. For to be uh, for the Gideons to use, I, I like to, and I've said this before here, I know, but I'll say it again because the in recognition card is one in which, you know, one area that you might want to do it uh, is if somebody has a fiftieth wedding anniversary, you could give Bibles or testaments or scriptures in memory or not in memory, but in recognition of their fiftieth. Uh, rather than buy him a gift, uh, Katie and I went through it in uh, the 50th. That was five years ago. And uh, one thing we didn't want was something else in our house. We have all we need. In fact, trying to get rid of some of this stuff at yard sales. So people with like that. But you can do it for graduation. If somebody's far away and you can't get to their graduation or a wedding or something like that, you can do it in recognition, in memory. Same thing. Uh, you can give Bibles, Testaments, Scriptures in memory of those people. The cards are out there. They tell you exactly how to do it. You have a, a, a flyer in your uh, uh, bulletin that, that explains it a little bit more, and you can do it that way, too, if you want to. Uh, just an idea that the, the Bible, it costs $5. The hospital testament I talked about is $2.20, and the testament for the 
in the jail is $1.30, and uh, so on. We've updated the, uh, locally, we've updated the, the Bibles and the, and the hotels in our area, most of them, and we provide about 50 Bibles a month to our county uh, correctional institution. Uh, Brother uh, Loeffler is very faithful in calling and saying, Dennis, I need 50 more. And we, we are in the process, tonight is the last night, that we're distributing Orange Testaments to students from grades 5 through 12. Last year we gave out about 2,000. This year looks like we might give out about 1,500 scriptures. We can't get in schools, but we can get them into the hands of the youth one way or another. Tampa Bay Gideons have distributed USF every year. This, this, uh, the last Wednesday in J- January is the time in which they distribute their scriptures. And they did this year, and they gave out 6,800 to the, the students. Testament like this, quite uh, attractive for the students with it. Uh, they got a report in the Gideon Magazine this year from a student who received one last year, Bryson Lau. He reported that, that he was offered a testament at the distribution and kept it, even though he wanted to throw it away. He had a trial in his life that left him utterly defeated and began to read the testament. What he read brought him to tears and realized that someone understood and loved him. He had the revelation that God was real and he accepted Christ as his Savior. This is local. This isn't out in another country. This is local. Something that happened 20 miles away from here. Isaiah 55:11 said, "So shall my word that go goes uh, forth out of my mouth; it shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it." Now these scriptures go where God wants them to go, and do what God wants them to do, just like it did for Ron Archer. Ten years old. My mother's gun to my head, and I wanted to blow my brains out all over her wall. You must ask the question why would a 10 year old child want to die? 10 is a time to dream of being an astronaut, of being a soccer star, a football player, a preacher, a pastor, a doctor. But for me, life was so horrific, with so much vitriol and pain, I wanted to die. I'm the product of interracial immigrants. My grandmother was tall, white, and thin from Germany, and we called her French fry. My grandfather was a big, burly black man from Cuba, and we called him hamburger. Hamburger met french fry and created a happy meal. (laughs) And these two immigrants produced seven McNuggets with special sauce. We would joke that we would have Wiener Schnitzel with salsa for Thanksgiving. My grandfather had to hide the fact in the 1940s in America that he was married to a Caucasian woman. But one wedding anniversary, he had a flaw. 
He liked to drink overproof Cuban rum. And one evening he was inebriated. And a man saw them together and said to my grandmother, Why would you be a nigger lover? My grandfather, with huge arms, lost his temper and hit the man in the jaw and broke his neck. The man didn't die, but he was injured severely. He went to the worst prison, convicted of a crime. Mansfield Reformatory in Ohio, locked down 23 hours a day. In the newspapers that my grandmother was married to this convicted felon and she lost her job. But being a German woman, she didn't complain or whine or woe is me. She began to work odd jobs, cleaning other people's houses and toilets, taking care of their children. But as she was working, she would have fainting spells, passing out, doing her job. She went to the doctor and discovered that she had a tumor growing behind her left eye that was metastasizing to her brain. The doctor said, if you have to take out a third of your face, your eye, you will be malformed and disformed and disfigured for the rest of your life. What do you do when the American dream becomes an American nightmare? She could not work. She was sick and mutilated. My grandfather's in jail, and day by day, they lost everything that they had acquired. They lost their house, they lost their car, they lost their furniture, they lost their dignity, they lost their self-esteem, and they were living in the streets like animals. My three uncles got hooked on heroin. They belonged to a gang called the Devil's Disciple, and my entire family became atheistic. No God, no prayer, no Bible, no hope, and my mother at age 14 was called by a pimp named Larry who said to her, what is school doing for you? You are sitting on a gold mine. She said, where? He said, you're sitting on it. And we call this being turned out. And little by little, she began to sell her 14-year-old body to grown men for money to survive. It's called turning tricks. And at age 16, she got pregnant. We call it having a trick baby. Two strangers meet for a business transaction and there's a mistake. The pimp said, you can't make any money having a baby in the oven. We have got to kill this baby. They kicked her in the stomach. They fed her alcohol. They gave her drugs. They took a hanger and stabbed the baby over and over again. But the baby would not die. The baby was born two months premature with no pancreas and learning disability, a bladder too small, unable to function, a severe stutterer. We call it a trick baby. Nobody wants the baby. No hope, no future. Kill it was the word. That baby was me. I'm the lowest of the low. I come from the guttermost. I come from a hellish condition. And so when I would go to school, I couldn't talk. I stuttered so severely from the trauma. My mother had a madam who hated men. Her name was Dolores, and she was a sadist. And when she would watch me, she would take a broomstick and stick it in a place where no boy should have any object in his body. And when you are tortured like that, you learn four things. Don't talk. Don't trust. Don't 
field and pretend nothing is happening. And by age 10, I had had enough. I wanted to die. And in my school, they put me in a burglar room with other kids who were dysfunctional like me, where we would finger paint all day long. And yet there was a teacher, thank God for her, who had a Gideon Bible. And she came to my school and she saw kids like me as her mission field. And she would give me this Gideon Bible and read to me stories of dysfunctional characters who God used. She would say to me, Ronaldo, God uses greatly those who have been wounded very deeply. He will turn your pain into power, your wounds into wisdom. Shall you read the story of Moses, who was also a stutterer? I began to understand that God did love a trick baby, even as low as I was. There was hope for me and possibility. And when a child begins to understand the love of God and the power of His Word and the possibilities, it changes everything. How can a young man keep his way clean by taking heed according to your word? Your word have I hid in my heart that I may not sin against thee. I began to memorize the Bible, that Gideon Bible, reading 2,000 scriptures. And when you put that kind of word in a life, something begins to happen. My stuttering went away. I stopped wetting the bed. I stood tall. I became battle Victorian, became a pastor, and preached until everybody in my family got saved. Why? Because somebody placed a Gideon Bible in a woman's hand that changed a life forever. Yes, I was born a trick baby. But the trick was on the devil because of you and the power of the word of God. All I have to do is say thank you. Thank you for supporting the Gideons in the past. And thank you for letting me share how powerful God's Word is. You see, you know, a lot of times we say, you know, when it comes down to sharing, oh, I can't do that. Uh, I'm not, I don't have that ability in me. You know, guys, it isn't us. You see, when we say something like that, we're taking the focus off of, of the job at hand and we're putting it on ourselves and we say, I, I can't do that. I don't have the ability to do that. I can't speak in front of people. I don't. See, it's not, it's not us. It's not us. It's the Word of God. Amen. It's the Word of God. You know, where else can you just take, take, a, take this and put it in a room and allow this to do the work. It's what it is. Because this is where the power is. It's not in us. Thank you, Dennis. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Trinity Now podcast. For more information about Trinity Church, 
please visit us online at trinitychurchnow.com. We hope today's sermon has touched your heart, and we hope you will join us next week for another message from God's Word.